Once again, from the Jersey Shore, it is the A&R Podcast with Angelo and Rodney. we got a great guest today we're going to bring up in just a couple of minutes. Rodney, what's going on, man? Cooling, man. I, I feel blessed. How about yourself? I, same right here. Uh, we had we filmed two, we recorded two episodes of this already. We had Solo for Dolo on the first episode, great guest. And my man Fresco on the second episode, another great guest. And then we had a, a sick guest tonight, but we, in between those, that second and third episode, we had to change our name. What, what happened to Real Rap, Rod? I mean, apparently there's already a Real Rap podcast out there. Um, so, you know, we are the A&R podcast now with Angelo and Rodney. Yeah, I mean, I was real happy when we came up with that name because I think it, it, it's a play on words. My name's Angelo, and Rodney, obviously that's A&R, and then there's A&R in the form of artists and repertoire and developing artists, and that's kind of what we're focusing on the show is developing artists and, and meeting developing artists and trying to see what they're doing and how, to, how they're planning to break in this music industry. Yeah, man, I agree 100%, man. We're here to break great artists, you know, learn about different artists and their stories, the content that they have to offer the world, and, you know, just all the motions and, and, and learn a little bit about their hustle. And uh, speaking of their hustle, what, you had a big week of hustling yourself, man. We saw you in the Asbury Park Press. We saw you at the TEDx talk. Talk about some of the things you did since you talked to Fresco right in the studio seven days ago. Yeah, man, I did uh, TEDx last Friday night at the Paramount. My man killed it at TEDx. It was a really cool experience. You know, over 200 people applied to speak. I was blessed to be one of 21 people selected to give a TED talk. Um, I closed the show. It was a lot of pressure. I was very nervous, but... The people enjoyed the things that I had to say, and I hopefully I inspired some people. You know, when I was up there sharing my experiences, talking about my journey and my idea, which is Garden State Hip Hop, and now a part of that is A&R. And if people want to check that online, is that going to be available? Is available now? How can, how can we watch that if we weren't there that night? We dropped. Shout out to my buddy John Edwards. He created unofficial footage of my TEDx experience. I posted it to my Facebook page on Twitter, and um, I haven't posted anything on Instagram, but. You can definitely find that on YouTube. You YouTube search Garden State Hip Hop Rodney Corsi. You can find it that way. Aside from that, man, we had a great Jersey hip hop feature on Sunday in the Asbury Park Press. Shout out to Chris Jordan. Um, the title of that article was How Video Saved the Jersey Hip Hop Star. You know, they talked about Bulletproof Bell from Asbury Park, Al Bial from Jersey City, um, another cat from Strike Force Recordings. Um, you know, I had a few quotes in there, you know, talking about the lack of venues and lack of support at, at the show, which is a constant theme on a podcast, you know, two episodes in, and we're definitely going to talk to our guests about that a little bit. And aside from that, man, I was also a part of a huge feature story on a new hip-hop website called Hip Hop Speak Easy. You know, they reached out to some bloggers about tips for submitting content to any music publication. I was fortunate enough to be tip number 15, you know, alongside with Lowkey from You Heard That New, Justin Ivey from XXL, and, um, you know, a few other people who uh, contribute to the culture and do great things for hip-hop. So my weekend and my week was just awesome, man, and I'm very blessed. I'm blessed to be here with you guys, and I look forward to tonight's episode. It sounds like you're about to be on the Mount Rushmore rap bloggers. Um, right up there with the guys at XXL and, and Not Right and those guys. So congrats on that, man. Congrats on the TED Talk. Uh, my week since you spoke to Fresco, pretty pretty tame. I did an open mic in Tom's River. I did okay, pretty good. I did all right. And then uh, th- this month, every going to start every month of 2017. Me and an artist we'd like to have on the show eventually, Chris Rockwell, are co-producing and co-hosting a comedy show at Mean Bean in Tom's River. So that's going to happen at the end of every month for all 2017. Yeah, it's going to be called Laugh Riot. 
Um, and hopefully it'll be a good time, and we'll keep, keep rolling with that and bring some comedy, and probably at some point have some musical people either closing the night or kind of like a house band playing between the comics uh, as we get rolling with that down in Mean Bean in downtown Tom's River. So big week for the podcast. New name, new artwork. Rodney, who did the artwork? Let's give him a shout-out. Yanka Soda from Sway in the Morning, YSKSK Media. Um, great guy, very, very talented dude. Just got back from an awesome trip in Los Angeles. You know, this guy may be doing some work for Capitol Records, man. So def- definitely try to link up with him on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, to direct your video, photography, whatever you need, man. Yinka Soda is a talented dude and a close friend of mine. Nice. So I think of the podcast as coast. I think we're doing big things. We're not even a groundhog day and we're off to a big 2017. Hopefully that's just you know, foreshadowing what's to come in the next 11 months. But uh, let's get into the show a little bit. As, as a great a time as this podcast has had this week, been a little bit of a rough time in hip hop in general. In that Q, the founder of uh, World Star Hip Hop has passed away. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? I obviously, rest in peace to Q. It's always sad whenever you lose anybody, especially someone who contributed something that, that big to this culture. But uh, in general, what, are, what were your thoughts on World Star Hip Hop over the last couple of years? I mean, it was just, it, it took over pop culture. You know, I mean, when kids see fights nowadays, the first thing you hear people say is World Star. You know, it, I, I discovered this site in, what, 2009, 2010? You know, over the years... I never truly visited World Star for music. I would always just go to watch ratchet videos and fight videos and whatnot, just keeping it real. But I mean, his influence and the impact that website has had on the world, not just hip hop, that's one of the most popular websites. You know, if you look at some of the Alexa ratings and rankings, World Star is up there, man. You know, it's just a very popular website in general. So aside from its influence on hip hop, I mean, it, it's it's important to pop culture. You know, we, we need that we, we need that BS a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you said it best, man. I think you, like a lot of people, myself included, went there for more ratchet videos than anything related to music. But, you know, and, and, I don't know, sometimes you're not laughing at the right things, but what he put up there, what went on the website, you can't deny how popular it became and how some of those viral videos became part of pop culture where like, you might see David Letterman referencing one of the Tonight Show in front of millions of people. He's been featured on World Star a few times. He got beat up? Did he get beat up or did he beat somebody up? No, I think he was dancing in like a grocery yeah, store or something. Okay, all right, that's probably better. That's probably better. Um, what else is going on right now in hip-hop? Anything you want to talk about before we move on? I mean, we got a lot of stuff growing in Jersey. You know, shout out to uh, the Beat Lampers. Shout out to Joe College. Shout out to the Gummy Bear Don, Norm Gunnis. I can't wait to get into it with. Live and well. Um, shout out to CM Jones. They've been putting out some great music. Most shot in North New Jersey. Um, shout out to my man Pre 459 from downtown North as well. He's got some great things coming up. We were just talking yesterday. And uh, right now, I just want to focus on Jersey, man. I think, and that's a great segue to who I got for the spotlight artist. Somebody having an equally big 2017 so far as me and Rod are, and that's Ren Thomas, man. Are you you a Ren Thomas fan? I am. Ren Thomas actually, when I had Solo perform at New Jersey Live, Solo brought Ren Thomas with him. Okay, nice. Hit the stage, did a dope freestyle. He's a true lyricist. And I mean, he's a real cool guy. Yeah, he dropped an album, and I, I got to listen to it. I have a review that I wrote, and if you get a chance to check the album out, you absolutely should, man. He's got some dope producers, dope beats. The legendary Pete Rock produces the lead single, I've I, I Been Nice, which is bananas to me. And then the second single is a hip-hop DX exclusive called Lift It Up, which is the rare 
party record where he really spits. Like, it's a fun party song, but the verses are just fire, which I, I don't think we get enough of that anymore. Um, and then the whole album, really, it really works for me. I really like it. Uh, when we were actually we were taping the recording in the Fresco episode, he was performing up in North Jersey at Crossroads, opening for Bubba Sparks. And everything I heard about that show said it was super successful, packed. Everybody did a great job and killed it, sold a bunch of merch. You know, Bar made a lot of money, so that's good to hear. And uh, I, th- I think right now, as far as getting all- the year off to a good start, there's not much more you can ask from that dude than great album, great performance. I know he's got some other shows in the books. His merchandise looks great that I believe was designed by our friend Solo for Dolo, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, if, you know, it's, hopefully this keeps rolling for Ren Thomas and everybody else from, from his crew, but really off to a strong 2017 for Ren Thomas. Um, so, Rodney, man, you ready to bring our guest on? Absolutely. Who do we got with us, though? Who's hanging out with the A&R podcast? Hey, man, no, I'm hey, what's, up? what's going on, fam? I mean, you probably seen him in Miami taking pictures with your girl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe seen him in the star. Well, you probably one of his songs on SoundCloud, man. Either way, this dude is super talented, real solid dude. I've known him for a few years. Blessed to have known him for a few years. Really good kid, well, young man at this point. And uh, we're happy to have him on the show, man. So make some noise and welcome on your guys. What's going on? Chill, man. Chill. Thanks. Thanks for taking a break from taking pictures of other people's girls in Miami and making all the fire music and coming to the podcast tonight, man. We appreciate it. Great time, man. So I guess we'll start off, man. You're 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 a young dude. You're saying your songs all the time. You were born in '94. That's one of your, your trademark catchphrases. Uh, so how how does somebody that's born in '94? What's what's your intro to hip hop? How do you decide? Oh, I like because most people say oh, I usually like Jay Z and Nas. Well, you were born the same year Matic came out, so clearly you got in the game a little bit later, right? Oh man, I can't I can't get into the the little yachty snapping etc. You know, like these guys getting irate at the founding fathers of hip hop. You know. Stay in my lane because I basically grew up on the Kanye, the Cuddy wave because that, that's basically what fueled me to be creative, you know, just elongate words, I guess, just do my thing. Um, so yeah, I grew up on Kanye, 808s, um, very oh, 808 heavy. So yeah, it's crazy to think about that. 808s. Well, no, like I well, obviously, <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean, et cetera, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. yeah, I know what you mean, like really understand it. Yeah. The content and you exactly. know the structure of everything. Yeah, just yeah. like free going, free flowing. You know, because mm-hmm. everybody's like generic now. Like everybody's generic. You know, with the content, and that's been in hip hop forever. So everybody's saying basically the same recycled stuff, but people are adding art to it now, and it's fueling the culture. So I dig it. What do you mean by adding art to it? Um, like. Like just being more creative, and yeah. more abstract. More, yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly, new perspectives to it. Um, not just going in the studio with like ten bottles of whatever and just saying some dumb dish, you know. And yeah, everybody's just now with a creative aspect to it. They're like freestyling the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like pausing and stuff. They're doing their own thing. They're mm-hmm. not really caring about any structure, and that's basically me because I don't really know what I'm saying in the tracks. I'm usually blacking out. And then, yeah, like blacking out in in where I'm just streaming consciousness and whatever it says over the beat. If it flows, I just release it. So, so, so that, that being said, is every you you have a lot of music out. You put for somebody your age, you put a ton of tracks up online. And uh, is that your creative process? Is it just make a beat and in your words black out, or do you ever write bars, or is it always just whatever, whatever comes comes? Yeah. Well, while I'm producing a beat, I'm I'm freestyling over it, and then then I just like organize it from there so i'll add some drums uh turn up some synth and 
pianos, etc. Put it to half speed. I'm not trying to give everybody my thing, but <laughs> and you know, just turn up. Now, what software are you using? Using Fruity Loops. Okay. Yeah. Soldier Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who do you guys got in the Soldier Boy versus Chris Brown fight if it happens? It's hard not to take Breezy. It's hard not to take Chris Brown. Soldier Boy has been doing nothing for the last several years. <laughs> to go in and put that looking confused. You know what's so crazy about Soldier Boy, man? Everybody hates on him so much, but he was the first YouTube star. And Yeah. It's about right. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Oh, what I what I always say about Soldier Boy too, and I say this from personal experience. I have a cousin that was born in '96. He was 20 right now. He was 21 this year. And then whatever Christmas the Soldier Boy CD came out, somebody gave him that for Christmas. He's like, "Oh, look what I got!" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? What the hell are you gonna do with this? Use it as a drink coaster?" And but the, right now, yeah, frisbee. But now, whatever, six, seven, or I guess 10 years later now, he came out in '07. I think the album. He's the, my cousin Kenny is really into like Kendrick and Schoolboy Q and Joey Badass. So like Soldier Boy was that gateway drug for him and most of his friends that got him into what I consider really good music now. And if Soldier Boy didn't happen, maybe he's listening to you know Nickelback or Britney Spears or something something else now. So I think that that's kind of a thing that we kind of sleep on these guys that are, where they're pop stars. They're like, oh, you Soldier Boy sucks. But then all those little kids, and I think you probably fall in this age group. You heard Soldier Boy, and then it, then that led into Kanye and Cudi and and to you doing what you're doing right now. So I'm a pretty right on that. Yeah, and Travis, everybody. Like, if you're a real rager, I'm with it. Cause like, yeah. And how do you define rager? Because you're not someone that actually rages. Exactly. You're not popping pills. You're exactly. not smoking. I don't. I don't think you drink. Exactly. So how and do I'm, you define a, a true rager? Yeah. And I'm usually around the people who do all of that, which is just like crazy. And they look at me. They're just like, Yo, how do you have so much energy on site? Cause I feel like I just live a genuine life. You know what I mean? Like I'm just happy. I'm like, every day I tell people, like, yo. Take your time now, because by the next time we're on the show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just got to do you, because you got to understand, like, every day is lit. Every day you're blessed. Every day you're able to continue to create. It doesn't matter if you're on or not, you know what I mean? If you're a superstar or not, you just got to continue to build the catalog, because I know people who it takes years, and some people it takes overnight, but you don't really want the overnight, because... Because then you can be soldier boy. Yes. <laughs> Some people say it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah, exactly. It's showing that the hardest verse. Well, and one thing I like that you just said is I want to be happy I'm alive and able to create every day. And I feel like with all kind of artists, writers, rappers, singers, actors, everybody's so caught up in the end result. Like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to get a star role in a movie. What about liking what you do every day? You know what I mean? Like if you like going to the studio and spitting every day instead of playing PlayStation or going to the mall or hanging out playing basketball, you should do that every day if that makes you happy. Every day, like 10,000 hours, but you just got a trillion hours. Just do like it up every time. Yeah, man. Thanks. Over the years, I've seen you post Facebook statuses saying, I got this and that for sale. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. I, I don't know if you were in a struggle. Yeah. You just wanted to put that no, money towards something. That you love and exactly. that you're passionate about. 
Exactly. I'm gonna tell people now, you know, you can stick to the nine to five because that's gonna fuel your your grind. You know what I mean? That's gonna fuel your creativity because you need money. Don't let anyone ever confuse you. Like at one point, I was super broke and I was like, nah, you don't need money. You can still do it. But then I've exhausted like everything possible without, without money. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I've already shared this link like a trillion times. I'm staring at the screen. I'm getting tired. Eyes are dumb red for no reason. Well, obviously for a reason, but. And then I was like, yo, I got to get some money. So you stay down for a little, you grind it out, grind it out, save, save, save. That's why people are like, oh, you're not going out or something. You're leaving me. You're being a lame, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so you stack, stack, stack. And then you just start making business moves. You go down to Miami. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Gunnar's Miami story in a second, but uh, I don't know, either way, I, over the holidays, I read the DJ Khaled book because it was available in my public library, and I'm a baller that uses the hell on my library card. And uh, Khaled, you absolutely, and there's a story in there about how I, when he was just got on as a DJ in Miami, he was kind of in your situation, just not just dead broke, and his family had moved to I think it was Houston or New Orleans, and he just he had to go there about a year and just have a nine to five and put his DJ stuff in storage and kind of reload and then come back to Miami with some money in his pocket and then started producing. And studio time and radio show and everything kind of extend from there. But that's a good point, man. You know, everybody gets knocked down, but the people that become DJ Khaled are the ones that get get back up and get back on the horse and yeah. Just reinvent yourself. I mean, not always. Well, yeah, you just have to be ready to change because you're gonna hear a lot of no's. You're gonna be discouraged a trillion times. Like even Rod, Rod used to not answer me. <laughs> like you know what I mean? He, you know what's funny? He didn't answer me for the first six months. I tried to get in touch with him either. <laughs> <laughs> Rod. Right, so Rod's phone number is seven three two. Call 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 Rodney Sheesh. We can ignore you too, like he did me and Gunners. <laughs> yo, yo, back to the guest. <laughs> back. <laughs> so uh, you know uh. I'll take the assist from Rodney. He kind of brought up Miami. You're 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 a Jersey guy, like most everybody we have on the show. You're from Ocean Township, correct? Yeah. And but recently, it seems like you've been in Miami a lot, based on some of the pictures you're posting online. What um what's going on in Miami, man? Why are you down there so much? What's going on in there for you? I have a fellow friend we produce a lot. Salute Braca. Um, do a lot of production, a lot of a lot of lane alignment. If that makes any sense, alignment to our goals. And we just produce a lot of music. We're very hands-on now with production since I've been rapping for a long time. But I want to produce my own stuff because at one point I was, I had to deal with a lot of producers frauding. But I have my one loyal, true loyal. What friend. do you mean by frauding? Um, you're making deposits and you're yeah, not receiving the beat. Yeah, it'd be just oh. confusion. So I just only have my in-house producer produce basically 95% of my catalog, and that's Protege Beats. You can see him basically everywhere in the world now. <laughs> and yeah, that's my day one, day one. Like, he was the one who told me in health class, like, yo, you want to just do this music stuff? And I ditched football, et cetera, and just ventured into it. Great football player, by the way. Sorry that you gave that up. <laughs> I'm sad so. that you gave that up. <laughs> yeah. when, did you, when did you hang up the helmet and cleats? When did you quit football? When did you stop playing football? In sophomore year. Okay. Junior year. And then it's been strictly hip-hop since sophomore year in high school? Strictly. Ever since I was like, coach... Coach Klein, I was like, Coach Klein, man, it's, it's I'm just into this. I'm too deep in this. Cause I wake up every day thinking about this one thing, and I'm like, why do I'm always thinking about this? Like, first track I ever created was just like, whoa, it was a rage. 
I love it. I love the energy in it. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people. Right, I'm gonna just let you guys ask some more questions. No, I mean, speaking of, you know, posting and sharing photos, like, your social media mm -hmm. is insane. I mean, we're talking over 2,400 subscribers to one of your YouTube channels. How many yeah. YouTube channels do you have? Because when three. you sent this to video, yeah. I saw two different mm -hmm. profiles. Yeah. So explain explain the channels and the differences and what people can expect on each one. Yeah, all right. So I have three YouTube channels, um, youtube.com slash TV. I have youtube.com slash Norton Gunners one and then I have youtube.com slash Norton Gunners Gummy Bear Don. I was trying to centralize a lot of them, but then I couldn't get the same domain because I used it like a trillion times. I don't know, I kept using my name everywhere. Mm -hmm. So then I just have a platform now for my beats and then where I put the music also. So it's just like everywhere. And a lot of monetizing and stuff. How, how's the monetizing going? Is that working out pretty well for you by now? Well, Okay. Now I do the beats and various people. So now you're frauding other people on your beats, and you <laughs> you figured out that side of the game. You hit me up, you're getting your beat right away. With the invoice with it. Invoice everything, contract everything. Um, another question I wanted to ask. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, I had the opportunity to go to a seminar at the SoundCloud headquarters Ooh. last spring. I think I was yeah. up there, and um, you know, I learned a little interface. bit about the about the, the company. You know how it's such a strong resource for artists. And I mean, looking at your SoundCloud profile, it seems like you figured it out. Like we're talking over 2,200 followers. Yes. I mean, your, your clicks are crazy. I mm -hmm. think the most I saw you chart was, uh, yeah, over 400K. Yeah, it's over big 400K. spending. That's like the song, going back to um, the high school quitting of football, that was the song that just like changed everything. Mm -hmm. In a sense, like, now how did you manage to, you know, do that? So, that was my Build first. Build your audience, yeah. get the plays. How, how did you do all that? Facebook. That was my first track I ever released, and that was um. Are you a spammer, Norm? I'm a spammer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to your favorite artist page and then hit like or hit click their likes. I'm gonna give you a technique because I don't really use it anymore. You click their likes and then you scroll down and you find their send message, or just like, you'll see like a random list of people who like them, et cetera, and they'll be from everywhere in the world. They'll be from like China, Japan, and then you come back down to Brazil, et cetera, for the foreigns, and then you just add them, you just send the link, and then blah, blah, blah. And like, you probably lie a little bit, like, oh, I know Wiz by this, by that. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my gosh, I actually love it. And then they turn it up in their speakers, and then there's your fan. So that's how I've garnered, like, literally everyone. So as soon as I release something, it could be streaming in Philippines right now. And, yeah, so big spenders, just like, everything is just going daily. Now, how did you figure out that technique? That technique, I figured it out by just literally trying everything. Not spamming. I, like, I, I went from one point posting on people's wall. That lasted, like, a week. People were getting annoyed, and I was getting annoyed. <laughs> so I started <laughs> Both, both, people. both parties were annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so I started inboxing people, and then that was kind of weird, like the people locally, because they were like, "All right, yeah," and they'll probably say like, "Oh, Norton DM me this too." Is he spamming? Blah blah blah. So I like left the local scene, and then I just dove into the um, the foreign scene, <laughs> if you could say. So yeah.
How, how, so how do you feel the foreign scene and fans are? Do you feel they're a little more open to what you're doing than than domestic fans, or like why? What I guess at some point you realized people from this this area are kind of more into this than people in this area. What uh? What areas do you find you get the most love from, and how did you kind of figure that out? Well, I was looking at my demographics the other day. It's California, in-state, Texas, and then Jersey, and then like New York, Miami's up there, Florida in general is up there. And then all the the countries. Why do you think those states have gravitated towards your music? I think it's because the Chilean and a lot of kids are just just are, that laid back, yeah, easy going vibe. Exactly, and they're you got a the big smile. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and they're transferring into the um. I mean, I get a lot of kids who are transferring into high school and stuff. You you have a younger demographic for the most part. Demographic older also, but. Do you guys find too? I, I'm gonna see if you if you agree with me on this. You being from New Jersey, right? Until you blow up, you're just are you for people in New Jersey. It's like he's a local rapper. That's a guy around the block that happens to rap. Where to somebody in the Philippines, you're a, you're a star, right? I feel like that's such a like a, a weird mentality that once somebody you know tries to do something, you're like, oh, that's nothing, that's no big deal. But then, and until you're like Fetty Wap level, and then you were everybody's best friend when you're in high school, you know what I mean? I hate I even be like oh, I went to high school with this kid, he's trying to rap, he's whack, and then as soon as he's on MTV, it's like, oh, that was my man. And that's yeah, I don't I don't get that at all. Oh, you guys with the podcast, sorry for cutting you off. No, no one is hating on us now. Watch your mouth, son. Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's people know better. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that, Angelo, because I experienced that through Garden State Hip Hop. You know, once people realize that I was the person behind Garden State Hip Hop, the enthusiasm to possibly be featured on the website died down. Yeah, um, yeah. Just that kid. I see him at the grocery store. I see him at the gym. Yeah, you no longer have that aura. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I. If you guys are familiar with the rap game, Little Brother, they're from Raleigh, North Carolina, or Durham, North Carolina, and a and on the down the Minshall, it's, it's sick, right? He got a verse on the Minshall show, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. When he says, "We're the first group to blow and go global, do a show at home, and still get called local," and that's what it happens to everybody, right? It's that like you do all these great things away from home, and when you get home, you're like Rodney said, just a dude in the grocery store again. Um, so what I, what I do think is great about guys your age and from your generation is that the internet allows you to expand on that and go and pursue those fans in Texas, California, Miami, where as much as we all you know, deify how great the 90s were, that was pretty much impossible pre-internet. You really couldn't do that unless you're going to pack up and get a promo van and go to a different city. And then I think it's cool that somebody your age has figured that out so quickly. You know what I mean? That, I feel like somebody older doesn't, doesn't have that, that internet sense and you know, instinct that somebody your age does to go out and get go into somebody's DMs and figure out who the demo is and, and that kind of thing. So I give you a lot of credit to figuring, you know, cracking the code a little bit. I think it's awesome. Thank you, bro. And just to have the discipline, you know. Yeah. I wasn't talking how you were talking at 22 years old. And at that point, I had Garden State Hip Hop. And I'm 27 now. Yeah. And I got the older bros, the Yinka, Bath, and yeah, Rod, man. I mean, what? The, the level of focus <laughs> what? and discipline you have with pursuing this, I'm very impressed by. I'm not surprised, you. but, yeah. you know. I'm very impressed by it, and I'm proud of you, bro. What is uh, what's the next thing you got planned? I'm assuming a steady stream of tracks. I'm assuming some more trips to Miami with other people's girlfriends. What uh, what else? Are you do? I'm assuming more gummy bears. What uh, what do you got going on that we can look out for? Say the rest of this year, the rest of 2017. Trying to link up in Europe, ASAP. Europe, ASAP. Um, Germany. Okay. Friends out there and all throughout Europe, but um. Definitely release more music, production, artists, looking to work with Fetty, 
etc. etc. Um, just travel, I mean. Going back to ASAP. Oh, ASAP. Like, I, I love <laughs> the way you use your social media. You're very good at it. Yeah. Because was Big Spenders the track when you met ASAP Rocky on the yeah. boardwalk? Yeah. What was that, Bamboozle? Yeah, Bamboozle. And you promoted the hell out of that <laughs> picture, that video, yeah. to go with the song. Like, yeah. how, how did you become so good? Yeah. yeah how did you become so good at social media and leveraging, like, all your experiences and, like, little yeah. moments like that? Exactly. You, I like, just, maximize yeah. it to its fullest potential yeah. and capitalize on it. It's aesthetic. I love, like, aesthetic, man. I like, like, um, cars foreign cars etc i like that mentality i know what it takes to get there like hard work so then posting and stuff like that like i see like artists bigger artists post like oh my gosh new car blah blah, blah this is it and they're flashing money with it and i'm like no because i know behind the scenes is not like that so it's like smoking the mirrors it's called mm -hmm. so yeah like how could i mesh this back into me all right so i like aesthetically pleasing stuff like stuff to the eye but like actually being able to do it like, I've actually been able to be where I can consistently do it. It's not flexing. Like, you wouldn't Photoshop yourself next to ASAP Rocky. Exactly. You would meet ASAP Rocky and then post about it. Exactly. Fair? So you meet him, you meet the whole, everyone. Before, this was like post, or before they blew up. And like, you were what, 18, 19? 17, I think. 17, yeah. yeah. Like 17. When you were promoting that song, and I just remember, yeah. like, almost every day, because I have you on all my social media, mm -hmm. seeing you with ASAP Rocky. <laughs> but I mean, that's how Big Spenders gets over 400,000 plays on yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah. You know? People get tired of seeing your face, but that's all right. Look, bro, we're tired of seeing Big uh, DJ Khaled's face. But it's just like, this man is really, you got to be proud of him because he's really securing the bag. Like right, he right. says, like he found the lane in Snapchat and just like flooded it. Yeah. Now yeah, tell the listeners a little bit about World Star. Like I've seen you yeah. in some of their top ten or top fifty playlists more than once. Yeah. So and I mean viral, the videos are hilarious. Viral videos through Vine. Um, just do your thing. Just express yourself, and then it'll just blow up. And are the Vine videos edited? Yeah, a little bit. But before they, it's just a they selfie just cam. Yeah, okay. it's a selfie cam. Um, Vine videos definitely. It was just crazy that, that helped spark it. Um, I have some friends who were into that until Vine just shut down. So yeah, Vine so, shut down. When when Vine ended, did you move everything over to Instagram, or would you? What was your next thing? What was your next move after Vine folded? Yeah, I stayed uh, Snapchat. I had a huge Snapchat. So while Vine was going, I was promoting my Snapchat. Okay, you you, you kind of you were already starting to transition okay. already. You were smart about it and did it. Started laying the groundwork ahead of time. Because I knew it wasn't like sustainable, so just locked into other outlets and then kept moving the audience to it. Okay, nice, smart man. What are your uh, big theme on the podcast? Would you do a lot of live performances? Do you perform? Hit the stage a lot? What is your what is your you know performing touring schedule like? Yeah, just, well, right now it's gonna be Miami for a little bit. Because Miami Music Week is Miami Music Week's coming up, and I'm ready. To oh yeah, get into didn't that. you go to that last year too? Yeah, went to that. And that that started everything. So talk about that. When you say started everything, what do you mean exactly? Explain that to everybody listening at home. Super deep now, I think, because the prior year, I was, because going from doing no drugs or whatever, just like I was drugged, 
but it was in a weird type of thing. Like I was past the edible and it was essentially just like, it looked like a Tootsie Roll or something. I ate it. <laughs> that thing just took me on a journey like none other. And like, oh man. All 2015 I was gone. <laughs> you woke up and the calendar changed? Yeah, man. Well, it took me to like November around my birthday to go to Jamaica and then just understand I'm in Zion. <laughs> I'm home. And then come back and then just turn up and fast forward to March 2016. I went to Miami and just changed my life. <laughs> now, yeah, speaking man. of Zion, t tell us about the gummy bear Don. Oh, Gummy Where does bears. that come from? So, uh, like you said in Big Spender, I had a catchy line, I guess. Um, it's called Gummy Bears No Cocaine. So then, on so that... your addiction is gummy bears and not cocaine. Exactly. But no it's... fish scale for the guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> not whipping any bricks. <laughs> you know? It's too heavy. <laughs> but yeah, um, gummy bears became a thing, a huge thing. Um... And yeah, it's like an outlet. shirt you're wearing, you're in yeah. a bear costume. Bear costume. Looking at the ladies. This is all ladies <laughs> in this picture, I just realized. <laughs> no dudes. Is that, is that, is that pretty... In the corner, mean mugging, but... Is that pretty typical of a gunner show? Is it, is it mostly ladies like your shirt shows? Or is it kind of mixed? Or what are we looking at the show? Using crowd surfing. So I... Sounds like a good time. In the corner, so jump to the dudes, obviously. Mm -hmm. Not like that. <laughs> hey, tell yeah. me what happened at, uh... At Brighton Bar, because I, I remember I reached out to you a while back yeah. about, uh, you know, doing some hip-hop stuff over there, and you told me that you had some type of experience. I'd like to share, <laughs> with, the, share with the listeners, but one was yeah. down at the Brighton Bar, and I don't think you're allowed to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You got kicked out of the Brighton Bar. Real comedy. So, go like, when the music is raging and the music is pounding, we're playing, like, hard music. Like stuff you play outdoors, we're playing inside the Brighton bar, and the crowd's just going crazy. And then this kid front flips off of the stage and hits a girl in the eye, or like kicks her in the eye. She gets a concussion. And then, well, that was the first one of the first shows. And then, yeah, that happens. And then they cut the music, and I'm just like irate at that point. And then we just run into the man, uh, the owner and stuff, etc. And they're like, "Yo, it's done." Kick us out, cops come, but I'm already in the car and I just, <laughs> yeah. just did. They're like, yo, go, they, they're looking for you. And I'm like, what? Because I guess that's inciting a riot or something. Okay. But yeah, yeah. just had to get out. And that was your last show, bro. <laughs> last show. <laughs> Probably last time I was in Lumber. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sorry. It's a good night, man. We're going to get in a getaway car to get away from your own concert. That is a, that is a special night. Um, who else, who who's on that show besides you guys? Was it, it was you guys and who else? It's just, uh, yeah, that was it. Okay, so you guys headlined Brighton Bar. Yeah, headlined many times. Cause I guess at that time it was just like a lot of buzz around the old music. Right. And or more, do you only do all ages shows because you're so young? Or do you it's you ever go twenty one and up or is it strictly all ages? All ages back to Miami. All ages except for like when it's in nightclubs. Okay, yeah. makes sense. I guess you can't yeah, can't pull that off. At all. Right. Yeah. Um, Rodney, what do you got next, man? I mean, I just wanted to ask you being 22, and I guess I mean I'm yeah I'm I'm only 27, so I'm still fairly young myself. Yeah. But you know, as the culture begins to shift more, I wanted to get your opinion on 
rappers like Rich the Kid, Famous Dex, oh, yeah. Lil Uzi, Yachty. What's my man's name with the I Spy song, Kyle? Yeah. How do you, Lil B, I know that might be one of your uh, Lil influences. B, oh, dang, can um, I release some? I'm actually producing for Lil B. That's crazy you thought about it. Oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, that's dope. Yeah, so he um, has Black Ken coming. Hopefully he get the producer credit, etc. Congrats, man. It's a good look for you. Good deal. Yeah, I just realized it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to get your opinion on those type of artists and what really attracts kids, I would say, from, excuse me, 22 to about 14. Because, yeah. you know, I, I had my little brother about two weeks ago, and he was telling me some of his favorite rappers, and those were some of the names he mentioned, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, if you could shed a little light on why this younger audience enjoys that type of hip-hop music you know that'd be cool exactly catchy hooks right away you know the lyrics right away and even if you're mumbling the lyrics and you feel like you mess up you're basically on the right track so that's exactly where it's going um and people don't attach like the face to the music anymore so someone can make the same exact song they don't care as long as it's hot like fast food music you know what i mean you just need mm, a quick like turn that. up that's a good, good way to put that yeah a lot of fast food music um yeah, and people just want to turn up and not looking for the end result. If it's just hitting in the sense. And what's sense, the end result? In your opinion, what should yeah, be the end result? It's like enlightenment in a sense. You can't, everybody can't be Bob Marley level, but in some, you got to direct something. It needs to be music. a message and yeah. some substance there. Yeah. I got a question for both of you guys. I'm my own ideas on this. Out of that genre, right, of the guys Rodney C just listed up and the guys are kind of blowing up right now doing that, in, in your words, fast food type music, who do you think lasts out of the scene? Who do you think in 10 years still has a career? Because it, it, it seems so disposable, right? But I think if you would have went back 10 years ago when mixtapes were really at the top of the, the culture, right, and Dipset was releasing an album every week and G-Unit was doing the same and it, the music was coming out and Lil Wayne was doing a dedication mix of everyone, people were like, this is so disposable, none of it's going to last. But everybody I just listed is still kind of relevant or, and, or made classic albums at one point. Who comes out of this era and in 10 years, we're, our little brothers, little kids, whatever, we're talking about them. What are your thoughts on that? Who are the Who's the best of this that could have some longevity? The producers. <laughs> okay. Producers. Because you, uh, you mute the vocals and it's the beat. Right, I think I think too, you know I think is proof of that too. In the summer, when Future it was on the on the Khaled album, but Future on a trap beat with Jay Z on it crossed over from little kids liked Future and that kind of beat. Older people like Jay Z, and Jay Z was really spitting on the verses, and it's like, okay, this all kind of works together. Whereas that that same crowd, like nobody over thirty, could listen to Little B and be like, oh, I, I like this. I understand why he's saying Miley Cyrus twenty five times in a row. Um, but I think when it, it, the, if the beat is hot enough and you can somehow link it to what we older people think is more traditional hip-hop, I think there's something there. Whereas I think the guys, that the, the kids that are unwilling to make that connection, that, that I think it was Little Yachty that kind of do, doesn't like Biggie, or uh, I think Little Louis Vert wouldn't freestyle over a premiere beat. Um, and I'm, 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 Those might be the wrong guys, but I think I'm in the right lane with that, right? I don't know if they're going to have a career because your 14-year-old fans are going to grow up and get, you know, go to college, get jobs, and it's going to be hard for them to listen to as adults, in my opinion. Are you dead? I'm right on that or what? And then you have the Drake, because Drake has an in-house producer. I try to like model off the in-house producers. Like You need an in-house producer. Any artist starting up, you need some type of... like You could connect with somebody say, I need this sound. You need your own formula yeah. to have longevity. And exactly. We talked about that last week with Fresco when we talked about Fabulous a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. He stuck to his formula. 
So I think when hip hop, the people who stick to their formula are the ones who will be here. Exactly. You know? That, exactly. This is That's why it. Dre, you know, we trip over ourselves when Dre mentions that he might drop an album or drop a single. Right, absolutely. We're fan base. 10, 12, 15 years without dropping any music. Jeezy, young Stuck to, the, to a formula and it's so high quality, it's so potent that it's like, damn, I right. can't wait to listen to yeah, you know what I think? Who I think is is kind of in that realm, but not exactly Dre's lane. Who was hot this year? One of the biggest singles of the 2019 was Fat Joe. Came out in the early '90s, rapping one way, which is Bronx, New York bars, hip hop, and is somehow taking the Fat Joe persona and formula and made it work back then in the early '90s. Made it work with Lil Wayne and Jeezy and those guys in the mid 2000s, and now it's almost 2020. It's almost 25 years after his first album, and he made a record with French Montana and Remy Ma that killed radio in 2016. Um, and, yeah, and. and it's still, still hot, still hot. Remy Ma verse, so I gotta keep it real. Did you like the Remy Ma verse better on the remix? I did. Okay, I like the Fat Joe verse better on the remix too. The original was like, you know what, that wasn't that tough. Yeah. I gotta come harder on the remix. Yeah, I think, and I think Fat Joe did too with the Pat. I want finger roll Pat Ewing that line. Um, yeah, you on it too, so you really gotta step your game up. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this on the show real quick, and I might show my age a little bit, but of every way we talked about releasing music, SoundCloud, iTunes, title, any any streaming service, my favorite way to hear a new song is Hot ninety seven, late night, Funk Flex dropping bombs on it. The the the. the <laughs> The, n- <laughs> the, n- the, n- the night, the night, the night, the night, the night, you know, I'll tell you what's funny about that to me, whenever anybody older criticizes younger rappers for not making any sense, it's like, have you listened to hot, uh, to Funk Flex drop bombs on something, that, that is completely incomprehensible, and no better than Little Yachty or Little Uzi Vert, but the, the night the All the Way Up remix dropped, I was driving home from a trivia night I hosted in Asbury Park, and he dropped. He probably restarted seventy times in a row. I am a grown man. I have a yes. I am a grown man with a wife and daughter in the house. Can't wait to see him. Ain't seen him all day. Stayed in my driveway until he played the Jay Z verse. Are you coming in the house? You've been out to six o'clock and I'm like, shut the hell up. Jay Z's on this remix. I gotta hear this. Um, came home. My daughter was asleep. My wife had her pajamas on, and that—that's how I spent the night, man. And that for every other thing we've done with technology, we say it's so great. And the internet's the—you could argue the best, you know, invention of mankind. That hot '97 late night funk flex drama bombs on it is still maybe my favorite thing in the world. Historic is definitely it's really historic. Even though we want to say get them out, get them out, etc., it's just the culture. Like you know, you're in New York. You know, you're on the East Coast once you get. Let, let me ask you this, man. As as a guy your age and grew up in New Jersey, so basically the New York radio market, right? Does that mean anything to you? Do you does somebody your age even want to be in Hot ninety seven anymore, or are you done with that? Is that for old heads? Very good Ooh, question. That's an awesome question. I mean, I think I feel like it's cool to be on the video aspect of it, like come in, sit with Ebro, etc., Rosenberg, etc., Laura Styles. That's cool. Like you know, you if you use it right, you're is in the door you're chilling not really chilling you're actually working but you're there and you're actually getting recognized like oh, okay let me look into this because people in the comments are going to be like all right let me check this catalog etc and that's why i pride myself on catalog because you never know you don't want to just have one song and everyone's looking like uh, 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 uh what so yeah yeah you don't want to be the next millie rock
where they get the city on fire for a month and you're waiting for the next thing. There's no next thing. It was just, that was it. Design it kept going platinum because he just had another formula. He just kept going crazy. His live show was just crazy. Would you guys think the designer is made to go back to one of the last questions I asked you guys? Do you think designer is the guy to come out of the scene and be have some longevity? Is that possible? Yes. With, with the supporting cast and the creative minds around him, I think so. I I, I, I kind of agree with that too because I think if even if you if he it doesn't turn out to be a great artist with his his squad, how bad is it going to go? You know what I mean? Hey, hey, great conversation. I'm kind of like stuck. Sorry, yeah, sorry to the listeners. Real, real fun conversation. A lot of laughs. Some very good vibes. You know, I'm disappointed that Gunnis didn't bring us any gummy bears. Oh, man. You know, we invited him on a podcast. Did you bring any shirts for us? That's last yeah, week. Man. Did you bring shirts for us? So you got to stick your game on. No shirts, no gummy bears. You never... I had last week, so I mean, we calling out the artist. So this is Gunnis' last appearance on the A&R podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it because he's not coming back. You have a shirt, actually. We can frame it. Well, there's two of us, so you need one more. Unless G is going to come down to make two shirts. Same type of t-shirt, you know what I mean? You got to put it up in the cut somewhere. And then, yeah, that's it. I see a lot of artwork, a lot of sports memorabilia. There's some memorabilia. <laughs> Good deal. Um, let, I guess let, let's go. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up and kind of let you let you spit for us? And where I guess, where where can we? We went a lot into your social media. Uh, where can people find you? How do we find you online? How do we spell your name? How do we catch up with you on the internet? N O R R A N G U N N I Z, and then that's after Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, um, Facebook, etc. Okay, so it's basically your name across everything, and we'll come, we'll find it. Okay, all right, man. So that's it. That's Norman Gunnis. Rodney, you ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I'm so proud of you. Like I said, for the listeners, man, I've known this kid since he was probably about ten or eleven years old. Beat him down in Madden <laughs> in like 2006, 2007. Had him ready to fight me. Fever. <laughs> were you guys in the same place where you were in headsets at your own house doing this? Okay. So yeah, man, this is my my guy. I'm so happy to see where he is at, at his life at 22 years old. He's a great artist. He works hard. He has discipline, more importantly, and he saves, saves, saves his money and takes a lot of trips to Miami. Yeah. Um. So you know, we like to close out the show with some bars, man. So can you spit spit something for us? Got you guys. Take your time. Drop a couple of bars and that's for my pal, <laughs> West Coast chilling, yeah, that's for my pal, Palm trees, yeah, that's for my pal, 90210 with the flow so cold. Bad mamacitas, but they all snort coke. No go, no idle time. Era of a don, I'm going to get mine. Lost in the sauce, but you want that power. <laughs> A&R podcast, it's the hour. I just want life to be so lavish. Uh, with smiles. Ah, Royal Rumble over there with the memorabilia. Going ape shit, I got Max everywhere. <laughs> Doing my thing, trying to go coastal. In the generation where the bitches never sell a bit. Uh, I'm just trying to give y'all a little bit of snippets. Kids out here strung out on coke. I'm just chilling. My life ain't no joke. Freestyling. These are these flows. I respect that. He came off the top of the dome. You got to respect that. What else can you want? The MC can rap out what's going on right in the studio. 
WWE Merchandise Incorporated, that incorporated podcast name, Nor, man. Thank you very much. Easy. Royal Rumble, January 25th, 2015. This is what? Is this is 25th? 26th. Oh, damn. January 26th. My fault. And Nor, man, thank you very much for coming out to the A&R Podcast. Rodney, how you want to wrap this one up? Um... Peace, love, you know, good vibes and hip hop, man. Uh, it's the NR podcast, Angelo and Rodney. Shout out to Matt, man. I, I Matt. You never give him, well, at least I haven't shouted him out since I've been on the microphone. He's a producer of the show. We're actually in his place right now. And he's, you know, he's the man behind the scenes making everything happen, making it sound good, and chopping up all this great audio we have from these interviews with these talented artists. So shout out to Matt. And keep listening, man, and our podcast. Peace. That's it. Shout out to Matt Faz. Shout out to Rodney C. Shout out to Norm Gunnis. Till next time, it's Angela and the A&R Podcast. Out. Mm-hmm.